Welcome to the Smell Yeah podcast. I'm your host, Irene Plax. Whether your sense of smell is unusually strong or you're the complete opposite, this podcast is for you. Let's get into it. Smell yeah. You smell that? It's episode two, the link between taste and smell. In part three, we chop it up with Chef Matt Eckfeld. I know him because he married my dear friend, but I've also experienced his leadership in the kitchen at the Seagram building firsthand. He's opening Contessa in Boston at the end of June and talks using smoke and fire to incorporate scent into meals, plus hot tips on developing your palate. Hi, welcome to the Smell Yeah podcast. So go ahead and introduce yourself, Matt. Hi, my name is Matt Eckfeld. I've been working in restaurants since I was a kid. Um, my first job, I was a dishwasher when I was 13 years old. And pretty much since then, I've been in restaurants in and out uh, my whole life. And uh, currently, I am opening a new restaurant in Boston. Uh, it's going to be the, the new um, rooftop restaurant in the Newberry Hotel. I'm, I'm excited and I'm nervous and it's going to be a lot of fun. That's amazing. Huge congratulations to you. Okay, can you talk to us about what kind of restaurant um, the rooftop? Well, the, the Newberry is the name of the hotel. So the, the name of the restaurant is going to be called Contessa. Um, it's Italian. Um, Tuscan Italian is, is the main theme, but we're going to do stuff from all over Italy. Um, most of our restaurants in our group are Italian-American. So this is going to be our first like authentic Italian restaurant. Um, the Newberry Hotel was the former Ritz-Carlton, which is actually the first um, Ritz-Carlton in the United States. So it's got a long history, and it's um, it was kind of neglected for a while, so it's like bringing it back to life. So it's very exciting. That is exciting. Thanks for that little history. Um, yeah. Before you were working on Tuscan Italian food, do, did you work in all different cuisines? I started off with a lot of Asian stuff. I worked in a restaurant that was like a noodle house with dumplings and fried rices and stuff like that. And I worked for a chef named Bill Kim for a long time. And he, um, he, had, we all did all sorts of different Asian, uh, he was, he's Korean, but we had a lot of Chinese influence and Japanese and a little Thai here and there. So that was a lot of fun. And that's like my favorite food to eat. Um, I mean, I love Italian too. Don't get me wrong, but, um, so I worked in that for a long time. I've done like, you know, contemporary American food. I've done a lot of different stuff. Nice. So I imagine like when you were coming home from every different restaurant you worked in, your clothes probably like took on a different smell. Absolutely. And in the position you have too. So like, you know, when you're a dishwasher, your smells a little different. It's got a little bit more on it, if you know what I mean. Um, and then as a line cook, obviously, but like, like, cause you're eating it and you're tasting it. It almost like your body protrudes it. And it's not something you notice, obviously it's people around you. And then, you know, as you, um, things change a little bit, you you know, the smells change too. What do you mean by that? Like, as you've gotten older as a chef, you know, you don't necessarily work on the line so much, but like you're more involved in other aspects of the kitchen, maybe, um, concentrating more on, you know, maybe the service aspect. So you have to be a little bit more aware of your appearance and your, you know, your smells and what, you know, you know, I also became a banquet chef, um, later in life and that's a whole different ball game too. So you, you know, the things that you work with, you, you know, you'll from working on the line to plating 300 salads, it's, you know, the, the smells and the, 
the feelings around you definitely change a lot. Nice. So what are some smells that are really characteristic of working the line, in your opinion? I mean, it really depends on, you know, what kind of cuisine you're working with. Um, I know, like with French food, butter is huge. Uh, thyme, thyme and garlic. Garlic is pretty much universal, which it should be. Um, it's in everything. And that's definitely a smell that as soon as it, you know, it, it hits some fat or, you know, you even crush it with your hand, the garlic opens up. Um, same with thyme. Thyme and garlic are in all French food. Um I would say, you know, with Italian, you smell a lot of basil. Tomato is huge. Um, and it's like the smell of um, wine, too. Uh, not so, in Asian food, there's definitely, there's, you know, you have different kinds of wine. But, like, when it comes to Italian and French, wine is super uh, a big thing that you smell a lot of. Um, yeah, I, I guess just herbs in general should be very pronounced when you're cooking. I mean, it, most chefs would um, expect that to be something that people smell right away when they get their food. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts on making sure that that herb um, experience doesn't disappear and that it remains like kind of at the front of the experience? Oh, absolutely. We actually have quite a few dishes and in, in several restaurants that I've worked in, usually the better ones we find ways to trap the smell so that when it comes to the guests, it opens up for them. So we, especially with like, we have a dish where we steam a lobster with a lot of ginger and garlic and limes and lemons in, in a container. And we don't open it till the guests get, so we open it in front of the guests. So they get this huge like wallop of smell, you know, they want, and we want everybody around them to smell too. You know, we want to be like, Oh wow, that whatever that is smells good. That's a thing that we definitely do in a lot of places. Nice. Are there any other examples of that? We've, I've also worked in restaurants where like plateware, we would have uh, maybe branches or some sort of like um, floral that we put inside of it and we'd light it on fire so that it would like, as you walk into the table, you have like this smell, like this was like to, to bring out the memory of the fall. So the smoke would, you know, come out and you think of like a bonfire or, you know, we've also had dishes where we light it on fire at the table, you know, the flambe, you know, the smell of that, the booze and that it's like party, you know, it makes you think of, you know, old times or, you know, drinking with friends and stuff like that. It's definitely like a memory trigger, you know? Definitely. You work for major food group. Could you tell us about what that means? I've worked for them for almost eight years. Um, they are a fairly large restaurant group based in New York city. Um, we we're starting to expand quite a bit now. We have a couple places in Vegas and we're actually opening one in Miami like today. Um, and we have a couple down there now and some more in Florida in the way we have a place in Hong Kong. Um, but this is our first one in Boston. Um, so I have two chefs that are my bosses, um, and a managing partner that, uh, I've been with for this, you know, this long and they're awesome. They're amazing. They, they're restaurant vets and, uh, I learn from them every day. Which restaurants does that include in New York? Carbone, uh, dirty French, the pool, the grill, um, lobster club, 
Parm, I'm sure I'm missing a couple, Santina. A couple are not open right now just due to COVID, but they'll be back soon. And Contessa will serve food from Tuscany? This is going to be, I would say, Tuscany and Emilia Romana, which are like two areas that are touching each other. So it's like Bologna and Milan and Florence. Those are the big cities in that area that we'll base our food around. Cool. So now that you're working specifically in this region of cuisine, are there any smells that have like you've noticed or that, you know, you want to like shout out? Sure. Rosemary is super heavy in a lot of this food. Um, and that's rosemary something as soon as you, it, you know, and you, maybe you've talked about in other uh, talks, but like look with herbs, if you hit it or a lot of things when you flowers, even when you, when you touch them or hit them a little bit, they open up the smell. So like rosemary, when you, when you hit it on the counter, it really perfumes. And that's like what something we do a lot of times when we start cooking with stuff is you'll, you give it a little smack and then it opens it up. Um, garlic, obviously garlic and everything. Um, but I would say rosemary and also like steaks, like the, you know, the, the steak Florentine is very famous dish from Florence. Um, our kitchen, which I haven't had the privilege of cooking in yet, hopefully we'll have a lot of those smells in them. And, uh, a lot of we're gonna have a cold fired oven, which will be you know, a really pronounced smell in the kitchen. Um, we're also gonna be making a lot of ice cream. Um, so, like when you make ice cream, uh, it's super fragrant. Like when you're cooking the the eggs and you have your vanilla or you have your different fruit or whatever you're making during that process, it's very fragrant. Um, ice cream once it's made is not so fragrant, but the, the process itself is, it takes a lot of smell in the air. Do you know why that is? Um, I mean, vanilla is a very, you know, when you open up a vanilla bean and you scrape it out, that's one of the best smells in the world. Um, and also just like you're opening up the cream and the milk and then you're, whatever you're, you know, when you're cooking fruit, or anything like that, it gets really, really nice smells too. Um, so the, the, you know, you're cooking the the eggs together and you're trying to do it quickly so that you open up everything. It co- becomes uh, homogenous and then you, then you mix it. So you have to open up that, all those uh, smells. It also happens with, with taste. So like when things are warm, you have to, you don't have to season them as, as heavily. So like just for salt, so if you are if you have a cold dish, you have to actually season it more. Is there a specific set of aromatics that you're going to be using at Contessa or in general in Tuscan cuisine? Italian food, like French, has you know it has the the whole mirepoix, which is onion, carrot, celery. That's in a, a, a lot of Italian food. So those things you you flavor. You know you cook beans with onions and carrots and celery, and you you know you mushrooms are also very big in that part of the country. Uh, we use cremini a lot and porcini. Uh, porcini is like Northern Italy's favorite thing. Um, and we will also use, you know, some different assortments that we can get in the United States, like, uh, hen of the woods and shiitake and, uh, but porcini and seps are two Italian ones that we, you know, when they're in season, we, we definitely use a lot of them. What do you think mushrooms contribute to flavor? Uh, I mean, it's the umami. 
I mean, mushrooms have their own distinct smell. I, I think even from when you, when you receive them, just moving them around a little bit, like it's like earth. Like it, it, it reminds you of, you know, being outside, being in the woods. Um, even if you're not a person like I, you know, I don't remember the last time I was in the woods, but I, I, when I smell mushrooms or when you're cleaning them or, you know, when they first hit the pan, you definitely get that, like, you know, remembering being outside in the woods and it's umami to, to you know, it, there's nothing else you could say that's more umami than that other than maybe um, MSG, which I know that I'm not allowed to say, but. No, you can say it. MSG boy. <laughs> You're about to say something about the meatballs also. Oh, uh, like just our, you know, our meatballs will be, you know, we'll have a mushroom broth and we're going to be um, topping them in rosemary and all those fun things, which is different than your typical tomato sauce, you know, that, that most places do. Not that I don't love that too, but um, it's just a little bit different. Got you. All right. Um, favorite and least favorite smells of a restaurant kitchen. Favorite smell, um, I would have to say probably fresh bread coming out of the oven um, is quite, quite amazing. Um, or like even like a pizza coming out of the oven is fantastic. Um, I would say my least favorite smell is when somebody takes a garbage can out of a, out of a garbage can or garbage bag out of a garbage can that smell of the garbage can. If, if the kitchen's not clean, which most people that have worked in restaurants have worked in a place where that's the case and it's terrible. Um, <laughs> but you know, my restaurant is going to have clean garbage cans, so I don't have to worry about that. But, um, yeah, that's a pretty funky smell. Um, the grease trap. Nobody, nobody likes that. No, no. Can you explain what a grease trap is? Sure. So all restaurants have to have it built into their water supply that, and I don't know how this works. I wish I did is the water goes through and all the grease that's left over gets separated from the water. So eventually you have to have a company come and they lift up. It's usually in the floor or it's, you know, outside and they just, it's like a big door and they open it up and they suck it all out. And, uh, you, th you thank them for their, for their uh, job that they do because it's pretty gross sometimes. And uh, yeah, it basically keeps our water systems cleaner in the city you live in. Question from all of our listeners is um, how can I help develop my sense of taste? Honestly, the more stuff you taste and stopping and thinking about it. That's one thing a lot of people don't do is like when you eat something, stop for a minute and like think about what you're eating and what you're picking up. And then next time you eat it, you'll do that without having to stop. Um, we've actually had games like with my chef where we'll eat different sour patch kids and close our eyes. And like sour patch kids are basically all taste the same. But if you can tell the difference between a red and a yellow, usually pretty on point. Um, also, you know, like drinking wine really helps. I'm still a wine novice by all sense of the word, but you know, I like to sit and, and think about what I'm tasting and like, it really opens up 
your thought process in it. Cause a lot of people just go, you know, um, and also slowing down when you eat makes a big difference. Um, yeah, honestly, it's just like stopping and thinking and eating more different kinds of food. Do you have any vision for the future about how people like perceive scent? Just honestly taking the time to do it and like maybe having a better way to describe smells or like, you know, um, cause it's kind of like the, the one that we take for granted and maybe how I could use smell as a chef to influence people a little bit more, like in, make their experience more, which we try to do already. But if there's ways to find out ways to make it better or, you know, I know there's restaurants in the world. I've never been there. Like the fat duck in London or it's not in London, but it's in England. Um, they would send you things in the mail before your meal. And you would like, one was like a piece of chocolate or like a candy cane. And you would, on your way to the restaurant, you would see a chocolate factory. And then you'd see like a big candy cane on a, um, you know, you know, like candy canes can be outside on like a lamppost during Christmas or something like like a decoration. They would do things like that to like enhance your time before you even got there. And I, I feel like there's a way you could do that with smells. I don't know if it's on the way to the restaurant because it's kind of hard to control, but um, maybe find out a little bit more about somebody like things in their life that have been good memories and you can figure out a way that like bring that smell to them, stuff like that. Do you have any um, tips you would like to share with the listeners, with the people? Well, I would definitely say if you, if this is a business you're interested in and um, if you like, you know, different smells, this is for you. Um, it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard job and it takes a long time to get good at it with any, you know, any interesting job, really nothing should just come that easy. Um, but I, you know, I definitely love it and I love the feeling, the speed, the, the smells, the, you know, the, the camaraderie, um, the culture. So if that's something you're interested in, I would definitely advise it. Awesome. Thank you. Anything else? You know, and try and try and remember those times that make you happy. And then if you can like find a way to trigger those in your brain, if it's a smell, if it's a taste, do that more often. Awesome. Thanks. Is there anything else you want to say? No, I don't think so. This is fun. Yeah. If you guys come to Boston, please check us out in the Newberry hotel. Uh, we'll be on the rooftop. It's a beautiful place. Uh, great view of the Boston common and exciting food. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Awesome. Thanks so much, Chef Matt. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Drop a question for our Smell Mail segment on Instagram at Smell Yeah Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean.